Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students and anyone interested in life at Rockhurst University. On the show today, we will talk to Jason Reardon, who is the Associate Vice President of Facilities at Rockhurst. So he's basically in charge of how the campus looks. Uh, the buildings, what's going to be built, what's being renovated, things like that. There's a lot of renovations going on on campus right now, um, and there's more coming this summer and in the next two years. Some big, exciting stuff. Um, lots of really interesting developments there, so we will hear from him. We will also have a recap of Rockstock, the annual student festival of sorts on campus uh, that unfortunately had to be can canceled last year because of the pandemic, but was back in uh, some form or fashion this year, and it sounds like everything went really well. So that was this past weekend. We'll hear about that. And in addition to that, the listener submitted topic this week is mental health and mental health on campuses, um, and really not just Rockers campus. We'll talk about what support there is for students, as well as some of the organizations, current and in the future, that are going to help bring awareness of resources to folks and uh, just opening up avenues where people can get assistance. And then finally, we'll have our I Wish I Knew segment where we take a topic and the group will talk about how they do whatever that is now versus how they did it when they started college. So I wish I knew then, I wish I knew then what I know now, and then there it is. So this week's topic is very timely exams, how to prepare for them, how to take them, because it is finals week right now. And we're very lucky to have uh, some cast with us today for the Rockcast in finals week. If you would tell us, introduce yourselves and tell us who you are, your major, where you're from, and in your opinion, the best and worst foods offered in the campus cafeteria. And we'll start with America. Yes, of course. So my name is America. I'm a corporate accounting and finance major, senior from Shawnee, Kansas. And I haven't been to the CAF in quite a long time since I am a senior. So last year and this year I lived in a house. Um, but one of my favorite things, I'm not sure, maybe Bree and Jarrett can confirm if they still had it last year or this year, was they used to have like a stir fry, like an Asian stir fry, and they would have, my favorite was always the noodles. They wouldn't have the noodles every day because normally they, they would have rice and you could just choose which sauce you would want. Um, and I really love Asian food. So you could like pick like what vegetables you wanted. So that was definitely my favorite. Or um, my freshman year, they also had like a sandwich bar and they would make like your sandwiches and you could have them like panini pressed. Um, so that was always my go-to if I didn't like anything else. And then worst, mm, the pizza, I feel like the pizza goes either way. Sometimes it can be like really good or like sometimes it's not good. <laughs> Hello everyone. My name is Brianna. I'm a sophomore here at Rockhurst, majoring in physical medicine and minoring in leadership development and business from St. Louis. And I would say that my favorite food from the calf, I really like when they have their premium nights. Um, the premium nights don't happen often, but I should just pay like a little extra and they'll have like steak and like all these different sides. Or one time they had like a seafood pasta which is really good, so I like that. Um, as far as worst, for me, it's just certain foods that I don't like. Like, I don't like enchiladas, so like, 
it didn't matter like who cooked it. I'm just not an enchilada person. Maybe I haven't had authentic enchiladas. Maybe that's the reason why. I'll make you some and you'll like them. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and then um, shameless plug, the student senate this week on the 5th will be hosting their last midnight breakfast. And that's from eight to 10 and we'll be serving chicken and waffles. So definitely take a break from finals and come join Senate for our last midnight breakfast. So, yeah. And if you don't have a meal plan, you can still come. Absolutely. So we'd like to hear. <laughs> well, anywho, I'm Jared Payton, second. I'm a sophomore and I live in Chicago. That's where I'm at right now. And let me think. Okay. Hmm. Best, the best thing I had in the calf. And this is really funny because Anybody that really knew me my freshman year knows that I lived in the calf. Um, I think I went to the calf on average four to five times a day. Um, it was just bad. I was just in there. But one thing I know for sure that I really liked, I did like the stir fry a lot, but um, I, I don't even know specifically what the sandwiches were. And it wasn't exactly what you were talking about, America, with the panini press thing. But there was one they of don't the have that anymore. Sorry. They, yes, they didn't have it. So I don't think they had it my freshman year. All I know is, it's this thing where I think it was it was corned beef or roast beef sandwiches. And one of them he made was this tall, this tall chef with blonde hair. Forgot his name. But he made his his homemade horseradish. And he put it on these sandwiches. It was the best thing since sliced bread. It was amazing. And he served it, I want to say, once or twice a week. I would always make sure I was like the first person he said at five o'clock, these are coming out. I would always make sure I was there for him. So I really liked that a lot. Worst thing in the calf. Ah, um, worst thing in the calf. Ah, maybe I don't even really know because I'm one of those people where I only will eat what I like. <laughs> like I'm very picky. So if I smell something and it's just not it, you're all bets are off. I'm not gonna try it. Oh, okay. There was this weird type of pizza one day, and I did pick it up and try it. I don't know what it was. It was just a really weird type of pizza to me. I picked it up and I just really didn't like it, but that's it. Generally speaking, I feel like the calf food is, is amazing. That's just for me. <laughs> Thanks for introducing yourselves. I'm Chad Schnarr, the host. If you haven't already, uh, those of you that are listening, be sure to subscribe, comment, rate, and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening to us. Uh, if you want to watch this, you can watch the Zoomcast on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash rockhursthawk. Uh, and if you have any questions or topic ideas, send us a direct message on Instagram at Rockhurst University or contact us through rockhurst.edu. Okay, well, in case it isn't obvious to anyone who's been on campus here in the last year, there's some renovations going on a lot of renovations going on. And obviously Sedgwick Hall is getting completely redone, but there's more than just Sedgwick Hall just around the corner uh, or across the quad as the case may be. We're joined today by Jason Reardon, who heads up facilities on campus as the Associate Vice President of Facilities. And he's gonna talk to us about Sedgwick and Massman Hall and what else is about to happen on campus. So Jason, first of all, welcome. And if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about what it is you do for the university. Chad, thanks for having me. Uh, 
So I'm in charge of facilities uh, at the university. So facilities encompasses a lot of the things. It's the buildings, obviously. It's also all the grounds and it's the repair and upkeep of both of those areas, as well as the cleaning of all of those areas. So that includes academic buildings, housing, residence halls, the community center. So if it's broken or if it's dirty, then, we're, then our department is who you call to take care of both of those issues. And then just a little bit of background about me. So I've been at Rockhurst for a little over two years. I'm alumni as well. So I graduated back in 2005 and then I'm, I'm third generation Rockhurst. So my grandfather uh, graduated and probably took classes in Skeswick Hall back in the 40s. So lots of family history and Rockhurst is very near and dear to my heart. So. Excellent. And uh, this wasn't really in our outline, but... You're responsible for the tulips, correct? Correct. So how many did we have this year? Uh, just a little over 23,000. Okay, great. And those are all up and out now. And then what gets put in there? Matt Young and our, and our grounds crew, uh, every year they, in the spring, they take all the tulips out. And then they're, uh, anybody from the community uh, is able to come and pick those up. So we donated all of those this year. And then now they will start uh, installing uh, the rest of the plantings for the year in all of our beds. And then come this fall, we'll take all those plant plantings out and we will put back in 23,000 tulips and start the process all over again. That's awesome. I kind of have a question about the tulips. I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but is there a history behind it? Kind of when they started? So, you know, I don't know exactly when it started, but there used to be something called tulips on truest. So it was it, it, for quite a while ago is something where it was an active amongst the community and businesses on truce to where everyone kind of planted tulips. It was a form of unity and the tulips have always kind of been a part of Rockhurst ever since that program started. And so tulips on truce, you'll still see it in some communities, but it's not really an active thing going on anymore, but we've kept on the tradition with our campus. Perfect. You know, and thank you so much for coming. Now going back to um, just the renovations that are happening on campus, I wanted to ask a little bit about Sedwick. So could you um, talk to us about what the end product will be like, perhaps some of your favorite features in the building and the timeline of when it will be opening and um, just available for students? Definitely. So Sedgwick's been quite the process. We started it two years ago uh, and then uh, Last winter, uh, fall of 2022, we closed down uh, operations of Sedgwick and we started uh, renovation, the demolition of the interior. So um, we're able to keep about 90% of the original building, which is was very important to us in the, in the remodeling process. Uh, Sedgwick is very much in line with uh, Rockhurst in general. So Sedgwick was Rockhurst at one point. It was, it's been a high school. It's been a business school. It's been a lot of things over the years. So keeping that history and paying homage to it was very important. And it's also a very important part of our future. So obviously we've, uh, we've now have St. Luke's College of Health Sciences and Nursing as part of Rockhurst campus. Uh, they're currently rent, uh, renting a space in Westport, uh, but the plan is that will be their home for the future. So uh, Sedgwick will look quite a bit different uh, from the quad once we finish the renovation. So it had a lot of stone before. And right now, if you look at it, it you can see right into the side of the building. 
And in the grand scheme of things, when we're done, you'll still be able to see right into the side of the building. Because uh, what we're planning on doing is attaching three stories of glass directly to that concrete structure that you see, uh, you see on the quad side of campus. So from the quad, there'll be a lot of light and there'll be a ton of, uh, you know, views that will look quite a bit different than what it was before. Previously, the back of Sedgwick was the campus and now it'll be very inviting. Whereas the historic front to Sedgwick will remain unchanged. That will, that will look exactly the same. We're gonna re re restore the stone and we're gonna install new windows. But outside of that, the front of Sedgwick will look almost exactly the same uh, as it did on Truce previously. Now what's gonna go inside of Sedgwick will be out quite a bit of uh, classroom space and then a state-of-the-art simulation center. So the first floor will have some faculty offices for our new uh, nursing faculty that are coming over and staff. And then there'll be an open area that'll be a two-story space. that will be great for students to study in, hang out in. Something similar to kind of the experience when you get into in, in Arupe, that was the idea behind it, a very big open space that'll be a great con congregation area. And then the space that was that used to be the theater will now be a flat floor, a 100 person classroom. So it'll be a big open space, two stories tall. Uh, the classroom will have the ability to be have a gigantic movable wall that will go down the center of it. So if we don't need a 100 person classroom, then it can be two 50 person classrooms. Uh, the mezzanine level will have uh, some lab space for the nursing program. And then the third floor will be 100% dedicated to the state-of-the-art simulation lab. So we'll be able to use mannequins to simulate everything from broken bones to birth. And so all of our, uh, all of our students that are involved in the health sciences, PT, OT, nursing, CSD, lots of other programs will be able to use that space to get uh, real world experience, um, practice and education. And that's, that's probably what we're most excited about is that state of the art simulation center and the impact that it will have on uh, future student experience. And then for right now, the fourth floor will remain unfinished. So the very top floor, we won't, we won't finish. Uh, that'll allow for future growth. So as Rockhurst continues to grow, adds programs, adds students, we'll be able to grow into that space on the fourth floor. And so it'll be able to meet future needs. And then when it comes to timeline, so we're currently in the middle of construction. The plan uh, is to be done with construction uh, in around April of next year. So that means uh, after graduation in May, uh, we would move everything over from the facilities in Westport to Truce. And then uh, from that point on, all of the nursing program from year one until graduation will be on our truce, uh, on our truce campus. Uh, so that's kind of the plans of the, by the time the fall of 2022 starts, our, our nursing program and uh, Sedgwick will be open uh, for everyone to use. Awesome. And then something that you mentioned that I think it's just good to like point out is that this building you mentioned would be kind of similar to Arupang in the way it's set up with like a lot of like space for students to um, be able to meet and study. So not only will this be like beneficial for our health and science students, but just really the whole student body as well. 
Um, Cause I know everyone really loves like going to Arupe and being able to study in between the classrooms. We heard, we heard that feedback when we talked to students and you know, they, Arupe is a popular place outside of just when there's classes held into it. And we, anytime we're going to do a project like this, we want it to be the most beneficial as possible. So that, like I said, that main area will have what we're calling a porch will be a, a one-story addition onto space that will be hundred percent designed for hangout slash study space. And then just like in Arupe on all the floors out, there'll be nooks and crannies to study in various degrees of groups, whether it's two to four people or a larger six to eight person group. So there'll be quite a few different spaces throughout the building that all students can use. Jason, that's really cool. Just hearing like the different construction. And um, that was a really fun fact about how 90% would be kind of like the main structure. I think that's really cool. Um, whether So during like the construction process, did you all run into any surprises along the way? Well, with a hundred year old building, you're always expecting to find something. So uh, like when we started, uh, when we started demolition and we started to take up the floor, uh, we, we took up the first layer and the second layer and the grant by the, by the grand total, once we were completed, completely taken up all the layers of floor, there were seven. So that, you know, each one of those layers is, is a point in time. Uh, so it's a little bit like a archeological dig. So, um, so that, I mean, that we've, found a lot about the history of the building. The building has, you know, it's over 100 years old and it's stood the test of time. And uh, the goal is at the end of this project, you'll be ready for the next 100 years. So there wasn't any huge surprises, uh, you know, things we've had to encounter um, that is to be expected when it comes to a 100 year old building. Uh, as soon as you open up those walls, uh, there's always a few things you have to take care of. But uh, luckily, we're prepared for all of it. Nice. You mentioned something about, I want to say, state of the art simulation, like space. I didn't really understand what that really meant. Do you think you could explain a little bit more about what that is and how that's going to not just benefit, um, you know, people taking classes in Central, specifically the nursing program, but the school itself? Well, uh, so when I say state of the art uh, simulation, uh, there's mannequins. And these mannequins can, uh, they're hooked up to computers and they can display emotions. They can literally simulate live birth, uh, you know, as much as you can out of a mannequin. They can bleed, they can do all of that stuff. So it's, it's the benefit of practicing on what appears as much as it can be to be a live person. But if you make a mistake, it's not detrimental to the, their health. So, and then the other thing is, is we'll have simulation capture, capture technology. So when you're in inside of a simulation, we'll be recording it the entire time. We'll then go to a debrief room to where faculty and students can sit down and basically play a highlight reel of what the simulation was. You can highlight things that it went well, and you can highlight things that people can um, do better the next time. So it's really, it's teaching moments. Uh, and the idea is to sit down in small groups and to talk about that simulation, uh, talk about what you see on the, on the screen, and then basically use that to improve your skills for the, for the future. So, and that's, and, and it, it's really, it's a great way to hone your skills. It's not a clinical experience, but when it, it's the, the closest thing we can 
get to a clinical experience, you know, in an environment without real human beings. So uh, that, that's kind of what, what that will be in, on, that, uh, top, on that third floor of Sedgwick. That's so cool. You got to see some of the simulation lab over on the Westport and in one of the uh, Westport campus. One of the um, interesting things was there's this control room and they've got a microphone that the speaker comes out through the mannequin. So they're talking to the, the nursing students as though they were the patient and stuff and they can be as as friendly or as difficult as is possible to kind of help with the whole bedside manner stuff. So uh, a lot of room for humor there, but also good teaching stuff. Jason, thanks for the information on Sedgwick. I got to tour it last week um, to we're documenting some of the progress through photos and stuff and just seeing all that the construction company in this case, J.E. Dunn is able to do um, or what they find and how they adjust is just amazing like just the, the settling that took place in the front of the building close to truth and how they just jack that up in a day like they just moved the entire building it's just phenomenal what they can do so really interesting stuff across the quad from sedgwick is massman hall as most folks know that are at rockhurst and that is home of the cafeteria or the calf or tmdr thomas moore dining room also in the building is Einstein's, the fishbowl, maybe chapel, the rock room, offices, classrooms, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Jason, what kind of changes will students be seeing to Massman as they enter it next year? What's going on this summer? Well, uh, this summer is phase one of a remodel of the, of the CAF or Thomas More Dining Room. So uh, when we, uh, when Father Curran announced the, you know, the partnership with St. Louis or the acquisition with St. Louis College of Health Sciences, obviously they needed a home after that. Uh, after that, we needed additional dining space, parking and housing. So the project this summer will be the first phase of getting that additional dining space. Um, for a long time during lunch, uh, the fishbowl area has been uh, used as basically additional dining space. And with bringing more students on campus, once St. Luke's uh, College of Health Sciences is here full time, we'll basically need to convert the fishbowl to dining space 100% of it. So phase one will be renovating uh, the current Thomas More dining room and the fishbowl uh, into one space. So the walls between those two spaces will be torn down. Uh, the ceiling will be torn out all of the finishes inside of that space will completely be redone this summer. And by the time uh, everyone comes back in August, um, the new Thomas More dining room will be, will be completed. Uh, so there'll be all new flooring. Uh, there'll be, we're reusing seating. There'll be additional seating. Uh, there'll be new stations for students to enjoy inside the cafeteria, inside the cafeteria. And uh, probably the biggest change is the current ceiling will be taken out and we're going to expose the structure above it. So the space will feel a lot more open and inviting. So uh, we're very excited about that project. It'll get uh, quite a bit done. That's phase one. And so we'll leave it uh, under with operation during the school year. And then next summer, uh, the, fall, uh, the summer of 2022, that's when we'll remodel uh, the Einstein space. Uh, to be a flex space. So currently right now it's Einstein's, 
uh, popular place for uh, obviously breakfast and study for uh, breakfast through lunch, but then it's closed down. And now it'll be used throughout the day. So uh, we think it'll be overall a positive. Uh, I know Einstein's is a very positive, uh, a very popular space for students. Uh, and we'll, I will, we think right now we'll get, we'll have cover a lot of the needs of the students and also get additional use out of the space later in the day. Yeah, I would definitely, I truly commend you all for all the work that you all are doing on that. I remember seeing kind of like a simulation video of the new cap and I just absolutely really like it. I'm even implementing more high top tables, more booths, because I know a lot of students like that and being able to sit with more than just two people. So I definitely believe that it would be something very beneficial to not only campus, but then also the entire student experience. So I can't wait to see um, the reactions from students, especially since now um, this year, many students haven't seen how the cap is supposed to look. So I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a big change. It'll be a big change for sure. So aside from, um, you know, Sedwick being re redone and then the cafeteria um, upgraded, is there anything else that students can expect in the next couple years? Yeah, we've, we've got plenty of going on. As I, as I listed those four things we needed, uh, you know, uh, academic space, uh, dining space, parking and housing, uh, we've addressed the first two and the parking and housing are something we're currently working on a project uh, that will hopefully start sometime in the in the next year. Uh, it, it's we're calling it the Paseo project, and it'll basically be uh, additional parking on campus, as well as uh, right around 230 uh, additional beds. Uh, so residential housing on campus. Uh, and so we're currently in the design phase. We've we've reached out to some student senate and other groups to kind of get some initial feedback. And so that process will take place over uh, the course of the spring and summer. We'll continue that. And then we should have a better idea for overall timeline once the fall comes around. But uh, it, will, it will be brand new housing uh, that, will, that will be in, inside of the space with some, some styles of residential living that don't currently exist. So, uh, Obviously, inside of our residence halls, Corcoran and McGee, uh, you share rooms uh, with somebody else, but then you have, you know, public bathrooms that you get to share with everyone. Which, so that will change in the new in the new building. It'll be a little bit more of suite or apartment style living. So you'll still have a shared bedroom in one of the styles uh, with a, but uh, four people will have a shared bathroom. So it, instead of having public bathroom spaces, you'll have private bathrooms inside of the space. Uh, and then there'll be some varying degrees of other rooms that are similar, but with slight adjustments to the current experience inside of THP and Rockero. So uh, there'll be, you know, four person living, but with private bedrooms and, and then, you know, a shared bathroom inside the space. Um, a big part about a lot of construction that's been taking place on campus, Jason, there's been so many talks about Excel and the renovations that are gonna be taking place there over the next year or so, or what might already be there. Can you talk a little bit more about not just those plans, um, the designing process and about how all of that came to fruition with Excel on that renovation? Yeah, definitely. So actually with part of the new Paseo project, uh, the new building would essentially be a replacement for Excel. So uh, the goal would be by the time that the new building comes offline or comes online, 
which tentatively we're kind of planning for the fall of 2023 is what we're hoping. Uh, we still need to figure out that time frame, but once that comes online, then we won't have housing inside of Excel anymore. Uh, now, whether that means that we remove Excel or we repurpose it, I don't know the answer to that question yet. We're still kind of uh, figuring that out. Uh, but the plan would be once the Paseo project and the new housing is done, is that we wouldn't currently have to use Excel for housing in the future. Are there potential options for what Excel could be used as if you know not used for housing? Yeah, I mean we've we've yet to explore them, but there's uh, you know there's office space or other potential space that we've kind of thrown thrown ideas out there. Uh, right now, our, our our focus is kind of on what's the new housing going to look like and getting that project done. I think once we have a better idea for what that project looks like, then we'll kind of really dive in into Excel and you know whether it stays and remains as a repurposed to something else or whether it goes away. So it's still yet to be determined. Uh, you know, the reason why we decided to move away from Excel as housing is the single biggest thing that is tough with Excel is it has very short ceilings. And that's the one thing when you're remodeling that you can't really change. So uh, we were worried if we tried to remodel it as housing, it could uh, while it could work, uh, it would still feel very small in there. So we felt the best the, the best idea for doing it was to uh, replace Excel uh, with new housing, and then we can continue to imagine what that space might look be in the future. Awesome! I definitely think that would be a great idea, especially just having different types of housing, um, especially as maybe since the people that live in Excel were mostly sophomores, juniors. So they kind of, I would assume sometimes wanted a different style rather than just our regular residence hall that we already have in McGee and Corcoran. And then, so I'm guessing with this new um, plan that you guys have, we'll have like a new sort of entrance on campus then since we'll have like a building there. Yeah. So the goal would be is right now our back is kind of to the Paseo. So the goal would be to really open up the Paseo entrance back there between uh, THV and what will be this new uh, new project. And the new project, I didn't mention it, will be uh, plan the plan location is where the current uh, tennis courts are at. So it'll replace the, the where the current tennis courts are. Uh, so that would really be a second entrance to campus off the Paseo. Uh, right now we're exploring options to make, so 53rd Street is what goes in between uh, XL and the tennis courts right now. Uh, it's one way for half of it, uh, so it's a little bit cumbersome. Uh, we're exploring ideas to uh, increase the width of that street so that we can get parallel parking along both sides and have it be a two-way street. So uh, I think that would help quite a bit with the access and to truly make that uh, east side of campus a second entrance into Rockhurst. Jason, this is fantastic information. I just want to thank you again for coming on, uh, talking with us today. Uh, best of luck with all of these projects. It sounds like you got your hands full for the next few years, that's for sure. Um, so again, thank you and thanks for all you're doing to help our campus continue to grow. Thank you very much for the time and uh, we enjoy being busy. So the next two years will be a lot of fun. So thank you right. so much for coming. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I, I enjoyed it. So I appreciate the time today. Good luck, everyone, with finals. So thank you so much. All right, appreciate thanks. it.
So outside of the buildings, literally between two of the buildings that we've been talking about in the quad uh, was uh, the host for a large portion of Rockstock this past weekend. Rockstock is a festival for students, festival, carnival, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's typically highlighted by a concert. In the past, there's been Dan and Shay. Um, other artists who have been here to Rockhurst have been Young the Giant with Public, All American Rejects, Andy Grammer, Cat Dahlia, Plain White Tees. Um, where it goes from here, we don't know, but it's typically one of the, the highlights of the uh, academic year. Um, mostly held outdoors this year due to the pandemic and there was, you had to wear masks, social distance, which, you know, we're all kind of used to right now. But I guess the question of the day is, how was it? Um, so yes, I went to Rockstock and so, okay, so a little bit of background, I'm a sophomore. So my freshman year got cut short. So I did not get to experience Rockstock. So I didn't have any preconceived notions or expectations. I guess it was kind of nice, um, but overall, I really liked the event, and there was a lot of different, like, carnival games, food options, and then the prizes were amazing. There was an iPad, an Apple Watch, a six-person tent, a cake spade set. Like, it was amazing prizes. Um, it was amazing. So, like, the games was really fun, and I was hanging out with two of my friends, and um, they also had a skating rink, and so we did that for a little bit. And then outside on Lower Burke, which is next, right in front of the party barn, actually, um, and across from Corcoran Hall, they had a big stage set up, which it kind of threw me off because I don't know, I've never seen something like that on Rockhurst campus. And they had lights and confetti and fog. So it was really cool. It was a great experience. Um, so yeah, I can't, it's gonna be very interesting to see how things will open up for next year and just all the possibilities are endless. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with Bree. I think it went really well for me. And I guess for the seniors, it's definitely a different experience. And I actually, I, this was only my second rock stock because I didn't go sophomore year. Um, I believe I had to work that day. So I wasn't able to go. So, I mean, my only references to rock stock are freshman year and senior year, and they are completely different. Um, but I mean, yeah, kind of real talked about everything um it was really fun I really liked that they had different activities for everyone and I'm just really thankful that they were able to do something even if it's not as big as it I mean I still think it was quite big because they had a lot of different activities and normally at least how it was my freshman year it was just a concert so it was exactly where it was like in Laura Burke and the stage was very very big it was bigger than it was on Friday um and obviously everyone, it was like crammed, like everyone, I remember I had to get there. I went with my friends freshman year and we got there maybe like an hour before the concert started and we were like front row. So we had to wait a really long time, um, but it got super, 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 super crowded. You couldn't even move. Um, so that was different. Obviously with COVID, you can't do that. Um, but it was still very fun. I liked that they had, I really enjoyed like the carnival games. I thought that was pretty cool. And then they had someone, I can't quite remember like a cartoon. You could, I, I, I didn't get to do it because the line was so long, but um, they would like withdraw you and your friends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what it's called. I forgot the name of it too, but it was really cool. The line was long for that. So I didn't get to do it because um, I got there later um but people really liked that they had food as well and then they had like a food truck um well it was like um I can't 
it was like dessert or something like that but it was like a, um ice cream ice yeah yeah and, and just like pour your own um like syrup and everything like that just yeah and then I think that was kind of cool that they had the roller skating. I would have done it. I don't know how to roller skate. <laughs> That's why I didn't go. But I would have done it if I if I knew. I definitely would have done it. it. Seemed like people had a lot of fun. So I guess like if you're not just a music person, this rock stuff was kind of cool because you had a lot of different options and you didn't have to stay for everything. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what they do next year too. I think it's still fun, especially with, I feel like with that pandemic and I know the people that Holly Sullivan, um, I just want to give her a shout out because she was the one that planned um, Rockstock and she did an amazing job. And I know she was super, super stressed this past whole month. Um, but yeah, they did. I, they did a great job. Yeah, they absolutely did. It was really nice because like, especially since the pandemic started and I'm, I'm an RA, so I don't really see a lot of my um people in my class that much because I'm in a um, first year hall but um it was nice seeing people that I haven't seen in a long time and they were out on the quad or like skating around so um it was a really nice experience and even just hearing that like Rockstock used to just be a concert but they were able to open it up and have more options um I'm just excited and really curious on the creativity for next year as well yeah I think it'd be cool maybe next year yeah they, they could always implement the carnival part as well instead of it just being like a concert or, I mean, I guess you, there's so many different options that they could do. Absolutely. That'd be nice. The first half carnivals and maybe the second half and not from the concert. Yeah. For sure. And Jared, maybe you'll get, next year for sure you'll get to go, <laughs> finally. I had, a, I had a question for you guys about it though. What was, um, because honestly, like I'm seeing it, um, it's just like so much fun. I was so glad that you guys got to experience that. I'm in the midst of everything that's been going on this year. I feel like, you know, maybe specifically for you, America, it was a good like last hoorah, you know, especially with graduation coming up soon. It was great to have that. But what would you feel for both of you guys was, I guess, the best part about it? Was it the games, the ice skating? Was it, you know, the music, the crowd and being there and it jumping? Or what was the best part about rock, rock stock for both of you guys? I think for me, the best part was just um, getting to see kind of what we were saying, getting to see people that I hadn't seen, a lot of seniors that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Um, there were also a lot of people I didn't know because there were a lot of freshmen there, so I didn't really know them. Um, but yeah, just getting to do something, honestly, at this point, I feel like it, they could have done anything, like anything, and I would have been like, this is fun <laughs> um, because we haven't had like activities. So I think it's just cool that we got to do something like that um, in the middle of a pandemic and how they they planned it and had so many activities. I, I, I do think the carnival games were, I, I really enjoyed that part. I, my, when I was in grade school, our last day of school was also, was always like carnival day and we would have a bunch of like games. Um, yeah, and then middle school as well. And I really liked that, that was my favorite part. Um, so that kind of brought me back. I was like, I'm a senior in college and my college did like a carnival day I feel like not I don't know how many schools can say that um but it was fun I really I think that was my favorite part yeah I would say that and not even to be a copycat but that's so true like I can't say that I like the concert the best or the skating the best it was honestly just being able to do something and being able to see so many people 
um, I was able to see an old friend from freshman year who doesn't go to Rockhurst anymore, but each Rockhurst um, student was able to bring a guest. And so that was a lot of fun. And um, I brought a guest and their school hasn't had, had a lot of restrictions. Like they haven't even experienced something like this in such a long time. So it was just nice being able to hang out with friends and just to do all those different things. Um, I really commend them for the prizes. The prizes were really nice. I didn't win anything, but the idea of winning one of those prizes was really nice. So um, yeah, but I would definitely say good seeing everyone. It was such a good time. No, yeah, I agree. And I think also just, this is what Rockers is really like. Like when we have events, um, obviously normally there's actually more people, um, but that's really what it's like. So I, I'm glad that the freshman and even like the sophomore class kind of got to experience that because they've no, I feel like especially as a freshman, it would, I bet it would be hard being um, new to college during a pandemic um, when you really have no idea what a college is like. So that this is really what it's like. You really do get to see everyone all the time. Um, I mean, pre-pandemic, I would see uh, oh, so many people, I mean, every day and there would be events throughout the whole year and so many people would go. Um, so this is really what it's like. This is how it should be. So I'm glad that they at least kind of got to have like a small idea of maybe what it's going to be like next year and how it is normally. This is what the Rockers community is normally like. It's a nice break to have it here at the end of the year too with exams coming up and we'll talk about exams specifically in a little bit. But uh, as part of the I Wish I Knew segment and last episode, our I Wish I Knew segment was about stressors and coping with stress and things like that. And related to that is the um, listener submitted topic of mental health and mental health on college campuses and how does Rockhurst kind of address that. Our initiatives in this area as a university are obviously extremely important and it doesn't necessarily begin and end with the counseling center. There's also organizations, but just also the fact that we acknowledge that mental health is important. It's a concern. It's legitimate. It's very, very normal. Um, America, you just mentioned being a freshman on campus in a pandemic. Um, it's not really what Rockhurst life is really like this year. And I know from doing some reading just across the country, uh, freshmen have really struggled this year. And of course, it's not just limited to freshmen, but uh, there are some resources out there at Rockhurst and organizations. And would you guys just be willing to talk a little bit about uh, what you've kind of seen as being available or used or whatever you're comfortable sharing? Yeah, so I would definitely say um, the Counseling Center, first and foremost, is definitely a great resource. Um, I've met Dr. Darden and Dr. Peterson, they're amazing people, um, easy to talk to. And I believe they may have an intern on their staff now, I'm not quite sure. Um, but yes, you're able to make appointments and um, it's really relaxed. I would say that um, definitely like if you feel like, hmm, I don't want to go in and make an appointment, you can send them an email, you can just go from there. So that's definitely one option that's available. Um, and then also we have Active Minds here on campus. They do a lot of different things regarding mental health, making sure that they give those resources and all those different things. So if you ever want to get connected um, to specifically mental health resources, um, Active Minds is also a great um, organization for that as well. Yeah, and then one thing I want to point out about the Counseling Center is that 
they um, deal with many different things. So even if you are just having problem with like procrastination, especially sometimes as a freshman, it can be a hard to adjust to college um, coursework and they deal with that or just really stress management. So, I mean, they, it doesn't just have to be more serious issues, which they definitely can be. But if sometimes I feel like people are like, well, this isn't worth going to the counseling center for, or maybe they think that um, it's not something that they um, deal with, but definitely they do. So if you are having with problems like that, even just stress, I think it's always a great idea to go to the counseling center for that. And I know Active Minds, they have a big event every year called, if I'm not mistaken, be the light um, where they have um, student testimonies. Um, and I know that's one of the biggest events that they have and other organizations. I know in student Senate, we would always try to um, end our meetings early so we could all attend. Definitely. Yeah. For me, another big shout out to um, Active Minds. I know when I got to campus as a freshman, I was very intrigued by what they were doing, um, seeing just the progress of what they've been doing not just on our college campus, because I learned that it is a national organization as well. And one of the things, you know, America was just talking about that thing they do called Be The Light. And since then, I've noticed they started to do these things on IG Live where they go on and every once in a while, they make a common thing where someone comes up and they give a testimony. And what that does, what I believe it does is it implies that there is strength and vulnerability. You know, you make yourself vulnerable when you go up on a platform in front of people, regardless of how many people are there. And you're just talking about, your highs, your lows, you're talking about, you know, your struggle, your struggles, your strengths and your weaknesses. And to show that their strength and vulnerability is one of the most powerful things I believe any human being can have. And it's a blessing to see, you know, a group of college kids coming together to help normalize that idea. You know, I like that's the best part about not just mental health in college, because mental health is always something that you're going to have to pay attention to, you know, from where you're at now, even when you're younger, all the way until you're a lot older. There's always something that you're gonna to have to put effort into, I believe. So normalizing and ending the stigma around mental health starts with you know, a group like Active Minds. It starts with even us coming together right now just to talk about it. You know, and I hope that everybody is making it through their journeys as they hope to. Absolutely, Jared. And I feel like something that I really wanna stress, I know most people listening are probably Rocker students or prospective Rocker students, but I would definitely like to stress to whether you're a parent, guardian, family member, or even friends of college students, especially as we're coming back home from a very long and stressful semester, it's very important to ask us how we're doing. Instead of the first question is, how was your grades? What did you get? Are you on the dean's list? I think it's important just to show and give that support to college students because it has been a very tough semester and a tough year, especially going through in the midst of a pandemic, but um, being able to point out and being able to be aware that um, a lot of students, a lot of um, people on campus struggle with mental health, um, it's definitely important to pay attention to. So that's definitely something I just wanted to stress. <laughs> that's so true. And I feel like, because sometimes people get confused when it talks about, you know, mental health and wondering what are some outlets that you can use? Is it just, you know, going to see therapists? Is it going to the counseling center? Is it, you know, joining a club or an organization like Active Minds? Um, another big outlet that at first I was a little bit interested in it for myself, but once I got into it and once I was blessed with an opportunity, I saw that another big way to help immerse yourself and normalize the idea of taking care of your mental health is through the arts. Um, 
as I said, an organization that I want to bring down to campus in the fall that I will be bringing down. It's called Coffee, Hip Hop, and Mental Health. And it was something I actually, I have a podcast that I do on Instagram Live, and I was looking to interview somebody about mental health last summer. And one of my friends who was a photographer for this organization, he connected me with this guy that runs it, what I'm talking about. And essentially the idea of what they're trying to do is normalize therapy. And so as I got involved with it, I started volunteering with him and seeing, you know, the disparities between not just mental health for everybody, but especially in underrepresented minority communities where some of this stuff flourishes because there's a lack of resources because a lot of things that people don't realize is that mental health, sadly, it, it costs a lot of money. Um, and I don't like that. I do believe that in order for us to normalize this idea of mental health, it has to be not just made affordable, but it has to be made convenient for everybody. You know, that's the only way that you can truly end a stigma is to make it convenient for anybody to get a hold of. You know, um, if you're, I'm somebody, I'm hungry. If I leave my house right now, there is about 15 different restaurants in a two minute radius of where I live. How many mental health clinics, right? How many, how many societies are there just within a 10, 20 minute radius for me to take advantage of? Probably not enough for me to count on one hand. So you have to make things convenient. So my work with that organization and learning about how to end that stigma, um, the CEO himself named Chris, he's a rapper. And he always talks about how through his music and through his journey through the arts, he was able to find himself to be true to who he was. And so an idea of not just bringing this to campus is to host um, one part of it is open mics where people can, you know, perform music, they can act, do skits, play an instrument, and then after, you know, end with healthy dialogue about certain things that have to do with not just your mental health, but how you see things with other people. Um, that's another way that you help to destigmatize mental health and everything around it is, as I said, not only do you make it convenient, but the arts is another really good way to get that across. So I hope to see that as well. And for anyone who has questions about that, feel free to reach out to me or anyone else. Thanks for sharing, Jared, and everyone. Um, now, of course, with uh, stress, college, you always think of finals. Uh, finals are going on right now. And uh, in this week's segment of I Wish I Knew, we kind of look back on when you guys entered college, how did you prepare for exams? How did you take exams versus how you do it now? And what did you wish you knew back then that you do know now? Any, any tips or hacks that you can share for anyone who may be listening? I would say that for exams, don't be afraid to reach out to professors because they may give you an inch. You may want to put, but they'll give you just a little inch of that information that you need to know. Um, I would say just asking questions. It's never too late to ask questions. Even if you feel like you procrastinated the whole semester, at least try, at least try to make that step and put yourself forward. Um, and then I would say being able to know your strengths and your weaknesses. So for instance, when it comes to studying, are you truly able to study with a group of people without getting distracted? Or is it best for you to study by yourself? You may miss out, have that fear of missing out a little bit, but if that's better for your grades and if that's better for you as an individual to make sure you can be the best as you can on your exams, then that's kind of the, probably the route that you should take. Um, and getting adequate sleep. I'm definitely a hypocrite for saying that because I don't get adequate sleep, but I definitely believe that um, if I were to get better sleep, that would be amazing. So that's something I wish I knew, the effect of sleep and how it's very important, especially during finals week. So, yeah. I think 
some advice that I would have, and this doesn't apply to every exam you're going to have, but it would be more oriented to those who are still in high school or maybe going to be freshmen next year. I know that I had this like really bad idea of what college finals would be. I thought that they would be like the worst thing ever and almost impossible to complete. Um, but most of the time, and like I said, does not apply to every single class, but your finals are sometimes they're not always like cumulative and they are kind of this, they're just maybe like the last couple of chapters that you did in that course, or it's really kind of the same difficulty as your other exams. Um, it's not always like something completely new and different that you haven't done the whole semester. Most of the time, if you've, uh, you know, paid attention in class and you kind of have a grasp of what you learned, your final exam shouldn't really be much more difficult. If anything, the hard part is having many um, in a week. And sometimes that even happens throughout the year um, where I have like a lot of things to do. And they're not all exams. A lot of the classes, they do like projects um, or sometimes it's on your own time as well. Um, so it's not all terrible. Um, maybe there is a semester. I feel like we all had one semester in college when it definitely was a really hard like finals week. Um, but for most of the time, it's quite varied and you're not having like so many things in one single day. You're not taking like four final exams in one day. So don't be nervous. I guess that would be my advice. Don't be nervous. Just pay attention. If you do well during the semester, then you'll be fine for your final exam. Thank you. Definitely true. Both you guys had some really <clears throat> thoughtful input on that and preparation for it. One thing I'll say, definitely, I know where I was as a freshman. Um, I feel like I was a little bit surprised because I put so much, um, so much of my time just worrying about exams. When to re in reality, um, I didn't feel as if much was truly different between, um, I guess, hmm, the rigor of a class, right? and the exams that you take in high school to what it is in college, except for the idea that it's just, you know, a different class. And the only reason I say that is because I feel like it gave me so much unnecessary stress. I was like, oh my gosh, when the reality was like, just study. <laughs> you study in high school, study as you do in college, um, because that's what you've done, you know, throughout the entirety of the class, at least you should have been. And even if you aren't, um, because I did know some people and it is possible, you know, if you feel like you're not doing the best in the class to ramp it up for a final. You can definitely do that. Um, I believe it's within every individual to put the work in required to get the grade that they want. If that's what they desire, they just have to do it. So yeah, my best advice to anybody, regardless of what grade level you're at, is to not really be too worked up about the idea of you know final exams, especially if you're a freshman or um, going to be a freshman in the fall of 2021 about, oh my gosh, this is my first week of exams in college. It's come with the same approach, <laughs> believe in yourself. And um, you know, we talked about mental health a little bit earlier. I believe another thing that's helped me out sometimes is to reward myself. So let's say, let's say I have an exam tomorrow. After I do my exam tomorrow, I'm going to go to Gates and <laughs> get me some barbecue. Like I'm not, but I'm being hypothetical. I'm, I'm rewarding myself. I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to the museum with some friends and hang out and just talk or, you know, watch TV, watch the game, you know, grab a bite to eat. Reward yourself for the studies that you put in during the semester, because not only do I believe is that going to help you out? But it's going to motivate you to do better when you have the opportunity again, you know? So just keep all that in mind. You gotta find a balance. And if you think about these things, you apply yourself, you can surely do it. 
<laughs> yeah, I agree. And then also, yeah, don't get worked up like you were saying, but if you do want like your grade to improve, your final exam can definitely help. Not not all courses like the final exam is worth some in some classes it's worth quite a bit of your grade and others it's not like as, as much as you would expect it to be. But um in many classes I know like if you if you're like, wow, I just really maybe I have like I don't know, B plus and I want an A minus or A. If you try really hard, um, sometimes you can't get your grade up for one exam. So, I mean, there is the benefit to studying a lot um, for that last exam if you um, can improve your grade. Absolutely. And if things feel like they're piling up, I would say something that I wish I knew last year. Um, I have a few, it's kind of half and half. Some are exams and some are final reports and final papers. I've noticed that it's just way easier to do the papers first. I know, for instance, my professors lately, um, they've released like the prompts for the final um, papers. So you don't necessarily have to wait until that last hour, that exact time to turn it in. You can turn it in earlier than that. And then you won't have to worry about all the papers, all the papers are out the way. So that's also something that I wish I knew. Great advice, guys. Uh, good discussion this week. That's all the time we have for episode number 13 of the Rockcast. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. You can find us again on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, comment, all that good stuff. Uh, to watch the discussion, you can see this on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash talk. So for Bree and Jarrett and America and Jason Reardon, this is Chad Schnarr. Have a great week and Google Hawks.